Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. I've realized that I'm reaching a new season in my life of motherhood that maybe I'm stepping into of being maybe a more seasoned mom, dare I say, when my friends are sharing things like eye creams or these like patches for their wrinkles that they're putting on their faces, you know? Uh, But the other thing that just keeps coming up that I see uh, being shared almost like a joke or something being taken so lightly so often is the topic of vasectomies. And so it's a little bit funny to bring onto a podcast just for women, but I see moms talking about this as something that seems to be taken relatively lightly in my mind when I'm considering the depth of what actually is going on in this surgical procedure. So I've invited a nurse to be with us today. Her name is Elizabeth Parsons. And something unique about today's is I've actually invited her husband to be on with us as well, because um, in the same way that it would seem a little weird to me to listen to a men's podcast with like two dads talking about a home birth. Uh, I feel like it would be a little bit strange to have just two moms sitting talking about sectomies. So good to invite a man into the room for this conversation. Her husband's name is Noah, and they have been married for 13 years. They have five kids, and I have loved following her on Instagram. You can find her at Purely Parsons. She just shares her life beautifully about her heart for home and family and questioning the way that the world does things normally, quote unquote, normal, whenever these things suddenly became normal in our world and give some excellent research and research and resources so that moms can be able to really dive into some of these topics and make educated decisions for their families, because I believe that's what God's called us to do. And um, you can also check out her website because, you know, Instagram, some things that are not welcome on Instagram, probably will be on her website. So check out her website too, purelyparsons.com. Elizabeth and Noah, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having us. Happy to be here. This is great. Um, So this is an excellent follow-up too, to my podcast that we recently did about birth control. So if a mom did not get to listen to that one yet, I would recommend that she go back and listen to that podcast as well, because these are really perfect piggybacking on each other. And I also thought it was a little funny that our podcast that we did, you know, months and months ago, I'll put it in the show notes was about daring to be different, but well, (laughs) here we go. We're encouraging moms to think differently. And now here we are a few months later talking about vasectomies. So seems natural. Uh, so let's just start first, just to be totally clear about what a vasectomy actually is, because it's just thrown out there. So casually, I think probably some people don't really even know the actual details of what's happening. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that, like you said, it's something that's just so normalized in our culture. Uh, and so it's just kind of like the next step (laughs) once Mm -hmm. you, as a family feel like, you know, you're, you're done. Yeah. Quote done. And, um, 
so I think it's important to be informed on what is actually happening. So with the vasectomy, when the vasectomy procedure is done, the it's called the vas deferens, and it is a kind of like a tube that uh, connects the urethra to the epididymis, and that is what carries the sperm into the urethra when um, ejaculation is. Uh, happens. And so they actually cut, they snip each of those vas deferens. Um, and so that's, that's the basic anatomy um, and what, what's happening when you get a vasectomy. All right. So what caused you guys to dive into this topic? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you're done having children. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just, yeah. Once you get to that point where you're like, okay, you know, how many kids are we going to have? You start looking into things like for yourself. Right. And I mean, another thing to be said is like doctors love vasectomies because they're hugely uh, profitable. I mean, they take like 20 to 30 minutes and, you know, thousands of dollars. And it's very actually simple procedure. So, you know, when they say it's a very simple procedure, that is true. But, you know, the thing that is like the iceberg under the surface is, after that happens, you know, what are the potential uh, side effects of the procedure? So for us, it was just like, um, you know, like how many kids do we want to have? And one of the things, like, I love that you open up with prayer. Like, I don't really know your, your podcast or anything like that. But you I don't listen that. to my mom podcast. <laughs> no, you need to subscribe. Give us five I, stars. Leave a good review. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I should, you, can be the first, I you can be the first dad review too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm your token uh, male today, but I'm, I'm happy to be here. And like something that I think when we were digging into this topic, we weren't just like looking at it pure scientifically, even mm -hmm. though like that's important too, because that's the way that I think like I'm very analytical minded, but we were looking at this like scripturally and holistically. And so we were thinking about kids and, you know, the way that God designed sex and all these different things. And um, you know, first of all, I think it sounds like, you know, you guys are having your six and, you know, that's awesome. Um, oh, was that a secret? <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I will. Have, I will have shared it by now. You're good. Okay. okay. <laughs> I share, so this is going to be after our hundredth episode somewhere and I'm sharing okay. it in my hundreds. So you're golden. Like, Surprise. They're having a baby. A typical guy, you know, just kind of like, you know, <laughs> trampling through the, through the, you know, garden, but <laughs> you're good. <laughs> like children are supposed to be a blessing. Right. And, right. and God commanded us to be fruitful and multiply. And it's a very controversial topic because people are like, I can't have any more kids. And mm -hmm. they have their various reasons for that. But we dug into that for us. And it's like, well, why can't we have any more kids? Is it more of just a preference? Is it, are we being true to God's, um, designed for like mm -hmm. family and sex and all the rest of it. Whenever we're like, no, we don't want to have any more kids. And there are definitely ways to like avoid pregnancy naturally, but. Right. I think when people hear that we're having, you know, another child, they're so quick to be like, oh yeah. And you're talking about birth control and vasectomies. Like maybe you shouldn't be talking about those things, but realizing our children are not all nine months apart mm -hmm. you know, or like, 12 months apart, mm -hmm. but there absolutely are ways that you can naturally be aware of your cycle. And I talked about that on my podcast. I did with Sadie too, a bit more too. Yeah. I think we're so removed as women from what 
I think if you just were to go on the street and ask a woman, do you know that there's more to a woman's cycle than just menstruation? Like, do you know the four cycles of a woman's, like it's a cycle, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's different phases. And I just don't think that people are aware and your body shows you those signs and you can know when you're fertile, you're not fertile your whole, the whole month, there's like five or six days where, you know, you have to be mindful. And so um, I think if more women understood like the, the natural ways that your body functions, then this would be not such a scary thing. Well, and this is newer too. I like that you were mentioning, Noah, you know, what does God's word say about this? I asked my grandmother, I did a podcast with my 93 year old grandmother a few weeks ago. It was episode 94 or 90, 95 episode 95. And I asked her about children. Like, when did you, what, what, how did you and granddad decide to have children? Cause we were talking about living by truth, not living by feelings. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, in my day, it was different. We didn't really decide to have children. I knew children are a blessing and I knew I am a woman and I am married and God has designed me to be a mother. So it was just what you did. And I thought, man, the world has turned upside down. Yeah, for sure. And I I think that's the biggest thing that's changed is like our children still a blessing. I mean, that was like a big thing to us too, was like listening to this. I think it was like a Francis Chan um, sermon or something. You may not know him, Mm -hmm. but he was talking about how, you know, they have a lot of kids. Their kids are a blessing. You know, they're, they're, they help out and yeah, like kids are always a lot of work. Like our kids are a tremendous amount of work, but they're a tremendous amount of help too. Like Mm -hmm. they can really be a blessing to us. They, we notice when some of our older kids are not here and not home because it's so much much harder. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think like this whole topic opened up a whole other host of topics. Like, you know, how do we make our kids more of a blessing? How we, how do we train them so that Mm -hmm. they are, and I feel like, you know, every parent thinks that they can do better, but it's like, we, we can step back and be like, yeah, we, we've done that. I think for the most part where our kids are a blessing. So for us to have another child, sure. It may delay like the next oh, season. when are we going to mm-hmm. go to Europe together as a family or you know, something <laughs> like that, but it doesn't, it doesn't really change the overall imperative for us as parents you know, Mm -hmm. what we do day to day. And I've never met a mother who regretted their, you know, surprise baby, or they Mm -hmm. regretted a baby that they hadn't planned. Mm -hmm. Um, You never regret a child. You never Mm -hmm. regret a life. They're, they're always a blessing. Mm -hmm. I was listening to an Elizabeth Elliott talk the other day. And she said um, specifically, should I want to talk to the young moms out there? And I want to encourage you have children, Should children are a blessing, have a lot of them. Should I know I'm speaking from someone having only one child, uh, but you know, I just know that that's where God is going to do his work. And if we, as a nation raise up more Christians and we have more children growing up in healthy homes to love the Lord, we could take over this country where people don't even want to have two kids. And I thought, oh man, here, she's speaking so many years ago and it's truth. We could still glean from today. Yeah. There's a quote that I've always loved and it actually hung above one of my daughters when she was a newborn. It's, it says, uh, children are not a distraction from more important work. They are the most important work. I think it was C.S. Lewis. I think it's C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. And that is just like, if we can just wrap our heads around the truth of that, I think we would be better off. So this is the hard thing is now, again, we're going back to questioning things and we're going to have to question our heart and question our motives. And, um, 
and, and I think open-handedly say like, Lord, what do you want Mm -hmm. and what do you want from me? And am I willing to give up this convenience Mm -hmm. or this, you know, freedom that I think I'm entitled to in the name of what you want? And my hope would be yes. Um, so let, let's talk about a little bit of the medical side of this now, because I, I think that's something that a lot of people don't really take seriously into account. Um, in exchange for the convenience mm-hmm. factor. Uh, so let's talk about some of the potential risks. What are some possible known complications that um, can come with a vasectomy? Yeah, super important. And it, it's something that when I kind of dove into breaching this topic on my Instagram, because it's it's so sensitive, um, because when people hear you speaking out about the dangers of, or the risks of vasectomies, they just automatically think that you're telling the woman to just go get her ovaries tied or to go get her tubes tied and to go get on birth control. And it's like, no, that they're not mutually exclusive. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that at all. Um, and that's a whole different topic. And I know that you, um, have covered that previously. So I'm so thankful that you did because there's definitely risks to, to everything in life, but specifically for vasectomies, you have to think about, okay, what's happening when you cut something that, you know, we believe in in God's design and everything in the body has a purpose. And when you cut the vast deferens, all that sperm, where does it go? It doesn't have anywhere to go. Right. And so your body doesn't just stop making sperm. Mm -hmm. Um, And for Noah, especially having dealt with uh, autoimmune issues in the past, that was kind of another thing that played into um, our decision um, and just our research that propelled our research is, you know, that that can have a, a, a negative effect, especially on somebody who already struggles with um, with autoimmune stuff. And there's there's actually one study to show that for males in particular, it is the greatest increase you can do for creating an autoimmune pathology over 50 mm-hmm. percent, actually. Uh, we can, we can send you like the study after the, after the show, or if you want in your show notes, but it's, it's amazing. Yes, because the body is still producing sperm. And so this sperm builds up and over time can leak out or release into the bloodstream, which is not designed to do. And now sperm are very like resilient as it is, because like, that's the way that they're designed. So they're designed to be able to be resilient to immune system so that they can get, you know, fertilize an egg. And so this creates inflammation. It creates um, in as much as 30% of men long-term uh, inflammation and pain mm-hmm. that there's really no cure for. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, reversing the vasectomy has cleared that up. And in other cases, it hasn't because anytime you're cutting something like that, there's, there's scar tissue. And so it's just a classic thing like, our journey has been kind of uh, lessons on you can't necessarily take shortcuts in the way that God designed things. Like everybody mm-hmm. wants an easy fix to health and to try and have, like you said, convenience and, you know, just to try and bypass the way that God designed things. But at the end of the day, God knows best and he designed everything for a purpose. And so, you know, some people may be able to get a vasectomy and, and, for the most part, be relatively fine. Mm-hmm. But many others and people that we know have had a lot of um, major side effects. And the data and the research is 100% mm-hmm. 
supporting that. It is a risk that you are taking. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess the good thing is that it is usually reversible. So, I mean, unlike some things, you know, like removing a, an organ or something that's generally not reversible, but, <laughs> you know, not that I would say, you know, get a vasectomy, but at least it is something that, you know, people can um, do and then they can have issues. And then if they want, they can potentially reverse it. Yeah. No, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think if someone's listening to who's like, okay, well, we already did this and yes, we're having these problems. So like now what realizing, cause people don't talk about reversals. Like as much as we do talk about vasectomies, they certainly don't talk about reversals that I think realizing that that is an option and that might help solve whatever, if you're, if you are dealing with complications. And I mean, Again, I know that you already said this earlier, but not in a way of saying, you know, that there's judgment or condemnation if someone did decide this for their family, because we're all going to hopefully be seeking the Lord and what he has for each of us. But, um, but realizing that if you are in a tricky place that you're like, oh, I'm already there now, that maybe, maybe reversal would be an option that could help fix some of those problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody has to make their own decisions. I mean, we can't, it, it's, it's a gray area, right? It's, the Bible doesn't say you can't get a vasectomy. Mm-hmm. I mean, something like, you know, abortion, we would all clearly believe that's wrong. But something like a vasectomy is like, you know, the body is a temple. And for some people, it may be something that they don't have any issue with mm-hmm. as far as conviction. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they're immune from, you know, the data and the, the research that would show that there could be negative side effects. But you know, if, if that's like something that they still think is worth it. Right. The side situation. effects might feel like it's worth it in yeah. com- comparison to the alternative. You know, right. maybe their wife's health is in a situation where it would feel like it could be really detrimental if she did get pregnant again for some reason. So exactly. feel like the, the risk was worth it. Yeah. Let's talk about some more of the risks. Um, so sperm granulo- sperm granulomas uh it's just like basically um a mass that develops over time after you have the surgery um and it that's like a it's a it's the body's immune reaction responding to the sperm that's just been kind of trapped um so sperm granulo sperm granulomas say that five times fast <laughs> Um, Noah mentioned the post-vasectomy pain syndrome. That is a super common one. Um, I think he said up to 30% 30%, of males, which is is a lot. Um, and it's, it's not like just right after post-op, you know, it's like years, it could be years. Yeah. And uh, go ahead. I mean, you're going to touch on like, you know, cancer. (laughs) That's something that that is, is a little bit controversial. The research is definitely there. There's not a ton because why would we research something that's going to go against kind of like this really profitable procedure, Mm -hmm. but, um, prostate cancer. Uh, and then I actually was very, uh, interested in people's anecdotal experience. I think that people are very quick to dismiss anecdotal, which if, if you don't, if you're listening and you don't know what anecdotal experience is, it's something or anecdotal uh, evidence. It's something that somebody experiences. It's something that they have personally, um, in whatever situation you're in, uh, experienced as a result of something. And so, yeah, it could be small sample size, but right. if you're seeing a lot of it, even on a small sample size, it can be significant. It can mm-hmm. still be scientifically relevant. Yeah. And so I have, I mean, I was shocked at just like how many, uh, personal accounts came in, um, of just complications that, that came from 
their their husbands or you know somebody that they knew uh, having these these adverse effects. Well, um, well, there's the most common, the most common um, chronic pain. Um, there was depression because you know how are we altering? How are the hormones altered when we when we do this? So you know depression, um, pain during sex. Uh, excruciating ejaculation. Somebody, somebody worded it like that. Oh gosh. Um, there was, you know, there was some, some kind of outliers that we're, we're talking about infection, um, gangrene, actually somebody said. Um, and then another one that was very common. That- <laughs> I'm glad this isn't a video. My face right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so awful. <laughs> green in oh, one of the yeah. testicles. Yeah. Mm. Um, but another one that was super common that you you're not going to really be able to find a ton of research on because um, it's just very controversial is the testosterone being decreased. And that is something that that. I feel like it's very hard to kind of like, like nail down to, okay, this vasectomy happened. And then, you know, this, cause it's often, it's a time, like it's a time thing and it doesn't happen immediately Mm -hmm. after. And so then we just don't, you know, we just don't correlate it to it. I I can't think of anything else in the medical field that would maybe relate to that. Um, (laughs) No. That, that was something that I was in particular very interested in because I have a, a friend who had that same issue, like very clear, like vasectomy. And then mm-hmm. he had to start taking testosterone mm-hmm. supplements. Yeah. And the issue with hormone supplementation, it doesn't matter if it's for, you know, like in this case, or, you know, I have a history of Hashimoto's you can never dose correctly for hormones because hormones fluctuate so much, especially for women oh, yeah. you know, based on the time of the month, just time of the day, the whole cortisol rhythm, et cetera. So you, on some days you might feel good on some days you might feel terrible. That's the nature of taking synthetic hormones. You know, the best thing is obviously to support the body to heal, but I was really wanting to know about testosterone because, you know, I'm a guy, it's like, that's, it's like, you know, a woman's hair or something like you, that's, you, you don't want to lose your testosterone as a man. You don't want to lose your hair. If, if you're a woman, you know, that's kind of like what makes you, you know, male. And so the, the research is somewhat limited, but I was able to find um, when, when you have a vasectomy done, there is clear research to show that there's anti-sperm antibodies increase. Mm-hmm. And the way that the body works, I don't want to get too far into it, but there's feedback mechanisms. And when you have a high incidence of anti-sperm antibodies, the feedback mechanism loop would suppress testosterone. And mm. so that, that can obviously create a whole myriad of other issues that, you know, nobody really wants to have, especially not men right. you know, or their partners. So, mm. you know, it is something that needs more research, but again, you know, the incentive is not there because vasectomies are extremely uh, profitable. Yeah. I like that you mentioned that at the beginning too, the profitable aspect, because I mean, with so many things, I think once you start questioning and you realize, okay, let's look at the money. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the dollar trail here. You realize a lot of the things that have changed over the last so many decades, you know, from when my grandmother was making this decision until now, so many of the things that have changed and become normal, I say, quote, unquote, because they weren't that way just a few decades ago and now are accepted as the normal way of doing things, whether it's our diet or 
the, you know, the way we raise children, the activities we think that everyone has to be in, you know, all the things, so many of the things, I mean, we could talk about policies for that matter, but so many of the things you follow the dollar and you're like, oh, maybe there's, maybe there's reasoning behind this. And yeah. And going back to testosterone for a minute, I, I appreciated my husband not too long ago was researching about something with testosterone levels. He's a real researcher as well. Um, and it's interesting because I had just associated testosterone with like manly, like, Oh, testosterone, you know, but <laughs> as I talked with him about it and I realized, Oh no, like testosterone levels actually impact a lot of males health that yeah. in the same way as that Sadie and I talked about on the previous podcast about birth control and female hormones and all of the things in a female's body that our hormones are impacted by, um, or that are, yeah, that our hormones impact in the same way, the same thing is true for male testosterone. So it's not something that we take lightly. And it's um, been falling for years. I mean, you know, I think that's pretty well known, like how much over the past 20, 30 years, the average male testosterone has just absolutely cratered. And there's, you know, a whole host of reasons for that, I'm sure. But, you know, we we definitely don't need to do anything to further diminish that, I would think. It's not going to better your health to have less. Um, okay, let's go to questions about, because I know you guys, you like asking questions. Why are we doing this? What is best? What? How did the Lord actually designed this in the first place. And are we getting further from his design or getting closer back to his original design by the way we're doing things? So let's start with that. What are Elizabeth, I'll start with you on this. What are questions you think that women should ask themselves as they're considering this first, before they even open the door on a date night to like dive into this topic? <laughs> topic. <laughs> hey, let's talk about vasectomies tonight. <laughs> What are some things that they should kind of wrestle through first, do you think? Yeah, I think um, just your your overall motivation behind why this would even be something that you would want to consider. Um, and again, all of these things that we're talking about are coming from a very non-judgmental place. We're just sharing our totally. experience. Um, so, you know, just what are your intentions? Why, you know, why do you feel the need to to pursue this, this option? Um, I think it's very important to ask yourself if you've fully researched all of the, the alternatives that don't involve um, hormones or, you know, surgeries, surgery, <laughs> um, because they're like Noah mentioned briefly earlier, there's, there are options to be able to prevent pregnancy um, in a way that doesn't alter your body in a way that doesn't, um, have you, you know, taking pills or inserting anything into your, into your, uh, into your body that, that stays there. Um, there, there's options. And so I think just asking yourself, you know, what are my intentions? Have I researched it well enough? Um, have I prayed about it? Um, you know, do you feel like, um, a peace? I think that, you know, I think that the Lord gives us, um, if we bring things to him that, are on our hearts, you know, he knows our hearts and he knows, um, the desires of our hearts. And so if we really feel like, you know, I just, maybe, maybe there's a lot of women that have really complicated pregnancies and yeah. they, this was something that was very common when I started approaching this subject is, you know, I just cannot 
see myself being a, because you also have to care for the children that you have well. And so there's a, you know, there's a common sense aspect to it too. You know, the Lord has given us tools, but he's also given us our brains to use. And, you know, Mm -hmm. can we, can we care for the children that we have well? And so that's a huge thing because there are a lot of women who experience complications or like extreme nausea in pregnancy. And so, um, you know, just, just bringing it to the Lord and just kind of waiting and and listening and um, just taking your time because, you can always do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I guess in this, I guess in the, in the topic of vasectomies, you can undo it as well, but, um, (laughs) not everything in life is like that. So I think just kind of pausing and, Mm -hmm. and just listening. Yeah. Okay. So Noah, what do you think are questions that on that, um, planned date night to have a conversation that's uninterrupted for more than five minutes? What are some questions of ways that you think a wife should maybe address this with her husband or ask her husband, his thoughts and do so in a way that's, you know, respectful and honoring him as he is the man and it is his body too. I mean, I know that when you're married, your bodies are each other's. So that's a thing also, but I do think it's different if my husband were to come to me and be like, Hey, I've been thinking about your hormones. You know, that's a little, it's a little weird, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky thing because you know, the man to be, you know, like Christ to, to sacrifice for, you know, his wife. So I think it could be in some ways a very noble thing, um, you know, to do if, if they really fear, um, you know, due to previous history of pregnancies, you know, it may be for them the best thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I, for, for us, it's a little bit different because, you know, we, we see health as like, not just like isolated this or that, like the whole approach to health holistically. So I think in a lot of the cases, people don't realize that they could, you know, maybe be doing some other things, you know, eating healthier, you know, there's, a, there's other areas that maybe they could improve their health and, and build up some of their resiliency, but you know, that's, that's a lot to expect of people. And so I think, you know, we just got, we just got our, one of our dogs a vasectomy. Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. like we're staunchly against it in all circumstances. In this case, we're like, well, this is probably the best thing that we can do because mm-hmm. we don't want to, you know, we, we want to leave our female dog intact for all the reasons that you probably, you know, discussed with Sadie, you know, it's just the healthiest for her. And we felt like getting him the vasectomy was the least overall invasive because she's already had three litters and we're like, that's, that's really enough. Like, you know, yeah, it takes a toll. On it her. takes a toll on mm-hmm. her. And, and, and that way they, you know, he still has some testosterone from as far as we can tell versus, you know, just removing his, his uh, basic neuter. Yeah. Neuter. So, so that's what we did. But I think like Elizabeth said, just approach it. We're going to trust the Lord, even whenever it seems very difficult, you know, that's an opportunity to trust the Lord too. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if there has been, a lot of difficulty, even if they feel like they're drowning with, you know, work and kids and all the rest of it. I mean, there's, I guess there's a lot to be said to be in a place like that of dependency on God. So it's just trusting the Lord. Like you've said, like Elizabeth said, you know, just trust the Lord in that situation and, and, you know, pray for what his will is in that situation and just be okay. Knowing that there are risks and there are very possible side effects and just, be um, intelligent, right? We're told to be, sh- you know, shrewd and wise in this evil generation because a lot of the things that we're told are very good for us by the modern medical system 
many people come to find out later that like, oh, I didn't know that it wasn't really as great as they were telling me it was. I think vasectomies is a perfect example of that. Because if you go to a doctor, you're going to be told that there's no risk, that they're painless, they're easy. And some of those things are true, but there are absolutely risks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I really appreciate you guys being willing to talk on this and just sharing from both of your perspectives. Noah, thank you for being um, a man voice here. Welcome. Uh, It was good to have you. And Elizabeth, thank you for being back on this. Were there any, any other things that you would want to share as we wrap it up just to give moms to chew on? I feel like you left us in a great place, but I just want to put that out if there's anything else. I did want to say like, you know, there's a responsibility for men to, to avoid pregnancy, like naturally, Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to get too graphic, but there, there are ways (laughs) and things to do that, you know, you can avoid pregnancy. Right. And it's not, we would have 20 children if we were not wise in these things. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, these things have been done from the beginning of time. It's just like anything else. People want something easy and guaranteed. And, and if that's, you know, their prerogative, then they should pray about it and make that decision. But you know, we're okay with the possibility of yeah. getting pregnant. And I think you kind of need to be in that situation if you're going to go natural. Like it you need to be okay with the possibility of the Lord giving us more kids. Because if if it was our decision, we would have stopped at three. <laughs> like, you know, and then and now we feel like okay, five, like that's a good number. We feel we feel good with this number. We feel a little overwhelmed at times with twin uh, toddler boys. And you know, I feel like if yeah. it were up to us, then we would say like, okay, Lord, like, you know, don't give us any more children. But obviously like he knows better. In yeah. If we got pregnant, we would be overjoyed that we are bringing another life into the world. And so, or maybe you know. two lives that could be a surprise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, okay. So if you haven't followed Elizabeth on this, you need to go back and also watch. She um, has a pretty epic birth story with her last one of, um, I thought mine was pretty epic with my last coming before our midwife. So we caught our baby and it was wonderful. If you love birth stories, go back and listen to my my second birth story podcast. I did two back to back. My first one was my hospital births. My next one was my three home births and my and we share about our um our quick delivery and our catch on our own and it was beautiful and wonderful and um but I think Elizabeth's surprise of twins thinking she was having one uh takes the cake there so. Yeah, yeah. that was it was an experience that I I don't necessarily <laughs> wish to repeat but I'm thankful that it's part of our story because it just shows like the Lord's was he was just in it all. And so it was amazing. Yeah. If having children doesn't show us the sovereignty of God, um, (laughs) I don't know what does. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this was great. Thank you guys again so much. And, um, if you have not gone and listened to the episode, we did episode 63. I went and looked it up. It was dare to be different. Um, I really appreciate how Elizabeth lives her life, just being willing to question things and saying, Lord, where do you want us to look different than the rest of the world says is normal right now. And I think that's a really kind of a scary question to ask at times, but it's one that I've never regretted living into. And I've always been blessed by my obedience in living differently. You know, we're supposed to be in this world, not of the world. And so maybe instead we should be asking, Lord, where do I look like the world that you would have me look different? And so I would pray that we would be families who would be bold to say, Lord, where do we look like the world and where do you want us to look different? And that 
um, that we would stand out like a light in a dark place and that ultimately people would see Jesus when they look to us. So um, I hope this was an encouragement to you guys today. It was fun kind of going down a little bit of a medical path the last couple of weeks. Next week, I'll jump into something more on the lighter side and kind of um, not go down a medical path. So uh, look forward to sharing with that with you then. Thank you guys again so much for being here and I'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below, where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends.